Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And just a heads up, we're about to do spoilers on a film that is a couple of years old. It's Amour, nominated for many Academy Awards. Actually took out the Best Foreign Language Film for uh, 2012, I believe, Lloyd. Yeah, that's so correct. Just a, just a heads up, if anybody listening to this hasn't seen the film, we will be discussing it with spoilers. Uh, first thing I want to say is that... I found this film really interesting, Lloyd, yeah. but you, you put me onto it. So yeah. what was your thinking? Well, I 2012 was such an interesting year. We talked about so much how spoilt we were with that year and we were so caught up with so many Hollywood movies and nothing against Hollywood movies. Uh, it was a great year with um, The Avengers, The End of the Dark Knight tr- trilogy. Um, and then, of course, we had Ridley Scott returning with a sci-fi film and the year ended beautifully with Skyfall. And then I was reading up oh, just about year, uh, the year 2012 in general and um its relation to many other years and a lot of people kept talking about this film and i was like oh that's right we haven't really paid much attention to the foreign film market and i just um picked one uh picked this film because i i really wanted to see what what was happening and i was just so blown away um by this movie i haven't seen any of michael henneke's films um and i've heard so much about him and i'm just thankful that this was my the first film that i saw of um his body of work I got given funny games with uh, Naomi Watts, the remake. Yeah. And it's I funny get- that the remake, like he did the film in German or whatever in Europe, and then he, he, it's the same director. They make it again for America to get that Western audience in. Yeah, for sure. But we should probably stick to uh, a more. Yeah. <laughs> Look, critics love this film. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it, it for acting alone, I completely praise it. I can see, you know, this being incredibly realistic. And, Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, very haunting kind of a film. Um, as a piece of, you know, documentary, you know, discussing the uh, work that carers do and, um, yes. you know, that sort of elderly couple relationship that you don't see on screen very much, I, I completely get how this is receiving all the accolades, yeah. right? But as a piece of entertainment, um, if you were watching this and thinking, you know, based on the title that it means love, um, for me, I found it to be a little more empty in that we don't see enough of the good moments with these two to appreciate all the bad that they're going through. Absolutely. I think, as most critics said, it's an incredibly tough watch. It's, um, I, and I'm not going to say it's not for everyone. I completely disagree. I think everyone should be confronted with this. I think, uh, well, do you want to, like, I don't think many of our listeners are going to watch this movie. Do you just want to give them a quick synopsis of the film? Like, I, I, I could run through. There's not much to the story, like, if That's you guys true. haven't seen it. Uh, basically, these guys wearing cleaning masks break into this Parisian apartment and they find, um, like, it's all sealed up with duct tape, and they find this old lady dead lying on a bed, ceremoniously covered with roses, and then the film flashes back, and we see that same lady like she's alive. It's an elderly married couple who are music teachers, and, um, yeah, uh, one of them gets a stroke, sorry, the girl gets a stroke, and she disintegrates throughout the whole film, and the husband tries to look after her until her death, and that's it. That's all there is in the plot, and you're pretty much in that apartment the whole entire time. And we'll talk about it later, but the way she dies, of course, is, oh, yes. is important. Yes, but, um, absolutely. Seeing her dead at the beginning of the film, mm. 
doesn't that just let you go right we're waiting for her to die exactly, now exactly yeah it sets the tone right away and they're the, like the only outsiders you see in the movie and it, you see the detective or a police officer and you think okay he's going to be the main main actor because he has such a presence for some reason and no that's not the case at all i don't think it was a detective actually <laughs> no well no although like we're saying there's some crime element yes, to this yeah um, the thing that I found really interesting was the extra features on the DVD, which um, I don't know if you saw. I saw this on iTunes. On uh, the DVD, they have special features that show how they custom made this apartment. It's not an apartment. It's a set that wow. they built yep. every sort of room of. And um, the interviews with all the actors and everybody, that's like, it's really quite good. I can't sort of, um, uh, after seeing the film the DVD extras seem more amazing probably because you have been brought right down in this kind of, well, not depressing tone, but, you know, very uh, non-entertaining, informative kind of film. Yeah. Um, but then to get these kind of, oh, but here we made this whole apartment, which looks just like an apartment, doesn't it? Lloyd? Yeah, that's right. It kind of reminds me of American Beauty, how that's like just a normal suburban um, street in America but the whole thing was created like the whole suburb all the houses and stuff just to create that um, reality that uh, Sam Mendes was going for and I'm just shocked to hear that this film everything like it just feels so authentic that apartment like I know uh, because of Haneke's long long shots he does you just know every inch of that apartment you can feel all the rooms hear all the sounds you know that's uh, surprising to hear that it was all fabricated the um the dvd also produced a quote that i thought i'd share with you uh the author should be absent the great directors are present by their absence so do you agree that the director of this film is not flash and he steps aside for the subject matter kind of, the film? of kind of but I, I do feel his hand a lot in the shots particularly with the long long takes i feel like the director's going grabbing you by the head and going look at this <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um but i yeah he I think he's got incredible skill, absolute incredible skill, but very restrained in, in a lot restrained of... Restrained is a good word. Yeah, 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 very restrained. He's not, like, very flashy or anything like that, but he knows exactly what he's doing. It's kind of a nightmare, this film, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, people believe in love, and um, I'm married, so listeners of the podcast might be aware. Um, and, you know, like, love in this is really it's the last stage of their lives yeah. and love and um yeah it seems nightmarish in a lot of ways well commode mark commode the film critic said it feel uh, he feel, felt it was an uplifting view of love although it's a tough um a tough watch it is a frank depiction of love and he has, and Henneke has a very bleak, bleak view of the world and um you know there is nothing i ironic about the title it's a very honest portrayal of love and what love means and what it means to commit yourself to somebody until death do us part the most extraordinary thing about the movie is there is no other side to it um there's this play uh, this is the price and reward of love you know you got to take everything in and it's heartbreaking watching this guy you know like throw his whole life into it but at the same time it's beautiful he is willing to sacrifice oneself for the other in another way but it's it's a tough tough thing to watch it is is very very tough to watch um 
it might be a beautiful film, you know, yeah. like we're discussing and saying, but like how many average cinema goers are going to choose this over a Hollywood blockbuster, you know? <laughs> exactly, I mean, yeah. And that's why I, I guess with this po- opportunity with this podcast, I really do encourage people to watch it because I think it's an important thing to be confronted with because it's something we're all going to have to face old age. And it's also something so beautiful about the human spirit and about love. You, you know, we, we all see the Hollywood romantic movies about young, beautiful people falling in love and the, the, the man running down, the, you know, the street to chase after the girl. This is completely the other way where one uh, is physically and mentally destroyed, really, towards the end of the film and the man will hold them um, until death, literally, if you know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. get, getting towards the end. But, yeah, it's, oh, man. Um, we, we talked last week um with gravity about how video games are overtaking movies um we, we had that with grand theft auto how it's busting uh, cinema's greatest um uh, milestone with avatar and how grand theft auto is on its way and i i like video games but i just don't feel they have the richness that movies have at the moment and uh, and i want to give this as the biggest example of that i i never played a video game which throws out these themes to the viewer um, like the great plays that have um, existed to the end of time deals with these depictions such as King Lear about old age and confronting death and I just want to say this is put this up as the banner of cinema that really you know if you watch this there's a lot of reward in this and I don't think video games have reached that level yet I can see what you're saying Lloyd yeah. well put <laughs> um, but I think this film was crying out for a subplot I think yeah if there was something going on with the daughter or some yep. relief from this situation, 127 minutes, I felt like it was too much to be focused sure. just on them. Yep. That's me, though. And I just, you know, <laughs> I guess the point is is that you want the relief of the situation and you kind of empathize with him. And that leads towards, you know, him, as we're going we're gonna to talk about, yeah. you know, smothering her with a pillow. Yep. He's the one that ends her life. Um, he... Uh cries um it's a beautiful moment and it's a tragic horrific moment as well he puts the pillow over her and event uh, and ends the life and it's brutal the camera is just there in a medium shot no score or anything and we're just seeing uh, him you know end her life and it's it's difficult <laughs> 40 minutes into the film we should say that uh she claims to be a burden and says she doesn't want to go on mm-hmm. Um, so then it's a long time waiting for him to agree with her. Yes. Like he holds on to this fact, you know, bathes her, feeds her, all Mm. that sort of stuff that regular sort of full-time carers would do. And, you know, he takes a long time to come to terms with the fact that I guess he's lost his wife, you know, mentally, physically, like you say, Mm. and, and he's prolonging her suffering. And this fuels a whole debate that I'm not sure I want to get into here, Lloyd, about- euthanasia it's too um, big for us to discuss like it's beyond me and dave to go into it whether we agree or disagree or anything like that but just yeah i feel the same as dave it is a a confronting thing like uh you know you're really projected into the situation i know you're going to want to talk about that dream sequence (laughs) you know at uh, at the very end um she's passed away obviously and he can hear her still oh hang on another dream i'm sorry difference the Different piano sequence. Scene? No, I want to talk about the one where he uh, gets suffocated by a hand across the face. Oh, gosh. 
Oh gosh, yeah. That one's I just got yeah. goosebumps thinking about that scene again. He walks out he walks outside of the apartment and he's in the corridor and uh he sort of hears something and something's prompting him to go out there. And at the time obviously it looks the same as the rest of the film. You're not sure that it is a dream sequence. And um her hand slides across his mouth from behind oh. and uh his eyes go wide and then he wakes up yeah. kind of thing. It's um you know, he's literally being suffocated by her in his dreams as well. You know, she's intruded his subconscious. Oh my gosh, that's freaky. <laughs> there are beautiful moments where it slips into memory, um, into the past where she's playing the piano and everything like that. Like he's just listening to a recording of her playing the piano because they're both music teachers and he's just picturing her playing the piano like physically perfect and everything like that it was just such a well because uh, uh, i'm all for flashbacks and those things because we do that every day you know like we as we're driving or in public transportation where our minds flash back or forwards to something that you know well possibly not forward but you know to a dreamlike state and uh, it just felt so human that moment <laughs> What did you think of the daughter? Um, there's a line where she says, you know, regarding it, that it's a traumatic time. She says, doesn't it occur to you that we're concerned? And then he says, your concern is no use to me. Yeah. I mean, when he's so cold to the daughter, I mean, she's the last image you see in this film. Mm. And she's obviously reflecting on her parents' love and life. I mean, being so cold to her, doesn't that sort of make him less sympathetic? He's obviously committed to his wife yes but that's all he's committed to and what he can't acknowledge her and like yeah sort of thing the, yeah the, everything yeah. else is sucked out of the film and it's just just about them there's also a terrible scene where he's telling off a nurse yes and he says something like um i hope uh, you get treated the same way as you treated her or something like that and it's yeah. an awful awful conversation it's also really horrid when the wife starts saying hurts over and over again, you mm. know, which is like a reflex, like it could have been any word that she says, yeah. but all she says is hurts, hurts, you know, just, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, what about the scene where she slaps, in, uh, where he slaps her because she won't, refuses to eat? And yeah. at that moment, you really realize they've both lost the one thing that they wanted to hold on to more than anything else, and that was their dignity. It was gone. And it just really hits you, that slap. You, As a viewer, you felt it, like, right there, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that is terrible, you know? <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's humiliating, as he puts it. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. I, I like this realisation. I love the conversations where he's telling about the movie experience he had, and um, he's going on about, yeah, I, um, I couldn't, I started crying. And I was t as I was telling the story to a person who was asking, what movie did you just see? He started crying um, again. And, and she's like, oh, you never told me that story. You know, all the years they've spent with each other, like mm. they're still getting to know each other. That's, it's a beautiful little moment there. You, you can't ever explain your entire life to another person. I mean, I think no, yeah. that would take your entire life and then you're doing things every single day. Yeah. You can't cover everything. Yeah. How much, you know, we talk about how great the actors are. Like, the the main star, he's so brilliant. There is so much going on behind his eyes. 
it, it uh, I, I, like I don't know like his expressions pr- probably because I'm a westernized person just aren't the same expressions I, I would expect from a character going through that situation and there's a lot of doubt and fear and um, you know, oh, I'm going to have to do all this. I, I don't know. There's a lot of things going on behind the eyes. I just want to highlight what an incredible performance, you know. Wow. <laughs> Definitely. As I said at the beginning, I think all the acting was, you know, top shelf. It was, you know, praiseworthy acting. Yeah. I think she as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. She auditioned and did the scene where she has the stroke of the first time at the um, breakfast table. Yeah. Where she just phases out. Yeah. Oh. And that was like what... They auditioned her and got her the role with that. You it's- know when he walks away as he has a stroke to call up um, the doctor and you can hear the tap running again? Yeah. Whoa, wasn't that just frightening? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can, oh. can we just talk about that ending? The the um, We definitely should, yeah. Yeah, like uh, basically after she's dead and um, he seals up the door, he's just, arrest- he goes to- he's just lying down in this other room and he can hear somebody walking around in the kitchen doing the dishes and he's like what and he gets up and he sees her she's just acting normal as if it was um an, an average day and she's cleaning up she goes oh yeah let's go uh, you better take your coat and then he leaves the room uh with her leaves the apartment with her you know that her ghost will be with him forever like she's a part of his soul i don't know if that is a statement that he's going to be mentally destroyed over this but i saw it like he he, you know mentally he's just gone gone um what's the disease it's not um I can't think of the Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, Maybe it's Alzheimer's. No, I I don't know. But you know, maybe he's gone that way. But I just felt as that girl, uh, that his wife will never leave him from now on. She will always be a part of him. I got goosebumps. I was happy. I was confused. I felt many things in that sequence. (laughs) Well, and there's another interpretation that he uh, starved himself to death in the apartment. Sure. And that um, he was hallucinating towards the end and. Um, you know, before he died, kind of was seeing her and stuff, and that he's dead in that apartment, they find him as well. Obviously, it's open-ended, you make yes. up your own mind about this. But I, I like the idea that he didn't leave her side, didn't leave the apartment, and that, that let's, you know, don't forget your coat, is them kind of leaving together, their souls leaving the house, yep. where you've watched them in this entire film. Either way you interpret it, you know that they're together. Um, whether it be spiritual, whether it be a mental or, you know, or anything, they're always going to be intertwined together now. You know, just a... Oh. I didn't like the sequence where he's getting the pigeon. Um, I, oh, I know it's the idea... It took a long time. Of, yeah, it took a long time. I, I, get, I get the idea of what he's trying to say, but I thought it was just too cute, you know? Mm. <laughs> he um, He did write a big letter as well at the end there, which, you know, theoretically would say that he's done this crime and you know be a letter to his daughter even and you know just kind of not a suicide letter because it's you know not like he's instantly killing himself or whatever but maybe he was but yeah yeah just kind of a i guess a justification for the the murder murder, i guess that he yeah which it is at the end of the day it's like very well handled murder in this scene yeah Mm. oh gosh uh, what what about the very beginning when uh, you're seeing at a, I think you're in a music um, theater, but you you the camera's only looking at the audience, and we hear a lady's voice over the comms, like sort of like um, a, a steward on a um, on an airplane saying, "Could you please turn off your mobile phones?" 
um, and please pay attention. And I felt that was the director telling the viewer, you know, he understands it's the modern age of smartphones and everything. Could you please just take a few hours and just just to really give this film a chance and pay full attention because that's what he really wants you to, you know, mm-hmm. y- you'll get a lot out of it. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I'm sure that's exactly the sort of thing he was going for there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, I, I wonder if it had had a bit more of a brutal edit, like just taking it from maybe 127 minutes to 115 or 18, mm. you know? Like a little bit tighter, shots being a little bit shorter, if maybe it would be more well-received. Sure. I, I, I think, know, When people yeah. see the runtime, I think they'll go... Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) And it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like, once you start hearing this, oh, it's really hard to watch. It's so sad at the ending. It's very long, long shots, you know, long takes. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of people going. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there might might be a mood you have to be in to watch this film. But um, I do think it is very valuable to watch it. It's, you know, the performances alone, as I said. And if you think about it, when um, you're watching the film, how this apartment's been manufactured and outside every window were taped green screens, you know, and everything was sort of put in later. You can watch it from a technical point of view and appreciate what they've done, you know? Wow. Jeez, now I've got to get the DVD. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people on um, IMDb message boards and things that I read about this uh, were saying that it gets better with each viewing, and I've only seen it once, so yeah. may- maybe revisiting it um maybe a, a way to appreciate it more this is but. like why in a movie like this the the older i get more themes will open up to me and and, and things like that and i'll probably because i didn't cry in this film at all i just found it so confronting and it haunted me for a long time after i watched this it was i can still thinking about talking about it now feel that apartment as i said and hear all the sounds like i watched it with my headphones as well um, and I reckon as the years go on, it, the the film will mean a lot more to me and, and things like that. Uh, Philip French, by the way, believes this film will go down as one of the greatest movies about the confrontation of old age and death, comparing it to Ozu's Tokyo Story and Bergman's Wild <coughs> Strawberries. So, yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, multiple viewings. Um, yeah, this film will get better and better. And, and as I said, it's been out for a couple of years or whatever now. Yep. Um, I purposefully did avoid it because I did feel it was going to be a very depressing film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you were right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was right. Yeah. yeah. In, yeah in, but it, in, it, in a good way. <laughs> it did take you uh, telling me I should see it for us to uh, get it onto this podcast. So uh, cheers, Lloyd. Yeah. And with that, we'll move into the recommendation part of the show. And here's the opener. All right, so uh, I went ahead and saw a film. It's an Australian film called Mystery Road, straight away. Um, I actually saw it a few days before it opened, and the director and the star, Aaron Peterson, were there. And um, the the film was made far more enjoyable by having somebody there, first of all. You have this sudden personal reaction to the film and this kind of feeling that, I mean, they're playing it for you, you know? Yeah. Immediately grabbed by it um it's a mystery film it's also a little bit of a western film it's got shades of no country for old men it's um it's about an aboriginal girl who's killed in uh you know an outback town and aaron peterson's a detective and he has to go from house to house and try and figure out based on all these sort of 
loose clues he picks up along the way. Some of them are very convenient clues to keep the story going, but if you go with it, you know, you're trying to find out who has murdered this girl. And, um, you know, the less said about the film, the better. The, you know, you should obviously check it out yourself. That's what this is all about. But um, there's, it's very sort of culturally important because there's a lot of, um, you know, treatment of Aboriginals mm-hmm. taken into this film. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, racism that still exists in parts of Australia today <clears throat> that's highlighted in this film. And um, it's a personal story because it's uh, the same as Amor, uh, which we didn't mention, uh, was based on his aunt um, and uncle. Oh, right. And it's, you know, his own experience. Uh, this is um, the Mystery Road director's own experience. He's uh, known somebody that this has happened to and um, somebody's been murdered. And I guess this is his way of kind of capturing that moment in his life. And, um, yeah, look, it's it's moody. It's haunting. It's, you know, a very good one to tie to Amor because he has uh, a former partner and a daughter. And his daughter's uh, someone he hasn't really gotten to know, uh, Aaron Peterson's character. He hasn't been around for her life. And so seeing this girl of a similar age who, in fact, his daughter knew um, get murdered leads him to maybe think, you know, there's a personal connection to this case. You know, what if it had been his daughter? And, you know, could this murderer still be out there? Could his daughter be in any kind of danger? He doesn't know his daughter much. You know, could his daughter be the murderer? There's a lot of... um, you know, layers to this film and it's, yeah, it's, it's been shot beautifully. Uh, Ryan Quantin is in it. Hugo Weaving is in it. There's a cast of Australian cameos from, uh, people from Underbelly and, um, Tasma Walton plays his ex. Uh, she's Rove McManus's wife and an actress in her own right. If anybody's watching Home and Away at the moment, she's, she's on there. Yep. Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things where people, you know, We'll go, oh, it's an Australian film and, you know, have a go at our industry and that sort of thing. But it's one of those ones that, you know, you definitely shouldn't miss. And you're going to be seeing in January at the Actor Awards, the AACTA Awards, um, that, you know, it's nominated for a ton. So if you get in early, it's not at every cinema. Lloyd, I think you've had trouble finding it. Yeah, I actually wanted to watch this film and for us to do it as a podcast. And I looked up in Canberra to watch it, you know, expecting it to be everywhere. And I couldn't find it at all. Maybe I didn't dig hard enough, but I couldn't find it at my local cinemas that I go to. Yeah. And as I said, I got um, the privilege of listening to the director and and a couple of the actors, including Aaron Peterson, um, chat about the film beforehand. And that just... If that happened every single time you went to the movies, if you're sitting down in the cinema, Michael Bay comes out and goes, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoy this. I want to tell you a few little things that, you know, to look out for and whatever, you know, just sort of your experience would be so enhanced. It's such a good way, I thought, to get people to see Australian films is if, you know, they sort of tour with somebody from the film, even if it's like like a theater, a theater group. Yeah, Yeah. at the theater. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a 30 person audience, you know. Um, it wasn't as if it was a massive sold-out premiere or anything. It was down at my local cinema. It was just like an, uh, touted as an event, but it was still the same price as um, as a regular session. And they did the introduction to the film, and then they had to get on a plane to Canada. So it was one of those things where you know they weren't going to hang around for a Q and A or anything, but it was like out of their way to come and you know chat to did us. Did they and stay I for the whole movie, or was it just they did the opening and then they just the opening? Out? Okay, sure. 
yeah, they had a plane to catch. But um, because they were there at the beginning and I, I kind of thought they were going to be there at the end based on the information, I went and had a chat to both the director and Aaron Peterson beforehand. And uh, I said to uh, the director, you know, look, you've got a four-star review from The Guardian. It could have even been a five-star review, actually. It's on the poster for yep. those interested. And I said, oh, you know, congrats. You know, that's got to, got to feel good. And he said, uh, yeah, that's it's not really why we've we've made the film. So that's great if it's well-received. But, you know, uh, I'd love if, if people saw the film more than anything. So there you go. It's like he's crying out for an audience. And yeah. even if it's it, like a more, it's crying out for an audience. This ties up very nicely because it's um, a bit of a heavier film, even though, look, there's gunplay in Mystery Road. There's um there's comedy there's it's you know well made yeah it's, it's got elements of everything it's um it's very good but as I said I'm not gonna get too deep into it I don't want to spoil it for anybody but Mystery Road check it out if you can um yeah support an Australian film no it sounds fantastic I'm very disappointed I didn't go watch it but I will try to see it anyway yeah I mean eventually we'll um we'll get to it maybe um. When it comes out on DVD, Lloyd, sure. we'll see if we can't get it into the podcast uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. Do you want to um, tell people about our YouTube channel? Yeah, guys, check out our YouTube channel. We do five, six, seven-minute reviews on um, straight-to-DVD um, or straight-to-video uh, movies, like obscure titles with um, very famous stars. And some of them are gems, some of them are really awful, but they're really fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying these uh, reviews all on YouTube. You can just go to our website, podmeifyoucan.com, and they're all there. You can um, watch them all. I think that's a really fun thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, just click on the little YouTube icon and it'll take you to our YouTube page. And they're, they're obscure films, but they um, they all do have somebody famous in them. So it's kind of like, you know, what have we got? A Jennifer Love Hewitt one up there. Yeah. We've got uh, some Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. You know, there's something for everybody because we we haven't repeated any any of the same actors again. No, you know? yeah, just, not yet anyway. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good mix. But yeah. anyway, um, next time on this podcast, I believe we'll be tackling love yet again. <laughs> with the time traveling comedy about time so uh hope you can join us and check out richard curtis from love actually's new film in the meantime um yeah thanks very much for listening thanks guys all the best <laughs>